0: If there's one thing we hear a lot from authors, it's, oh my goodness, I need to figure out how to spend more time or less time and get somebody else to do the marketing of my book for me. Well, one of the things we don't talk about quite as much with respect to books and visibility is around publicity and PR. And that is what we are going to dig into in this episode. Very excited to have a guest with us, Tracy Lemuri, and uh, we're going to dig into publicity for authors. Welcome to the Ingenium Books podcast for the author, publisher, change maker. Being an author is something that you've got to take seriously. You're an indie author. You take the risk. You reap the rewards. You are in charge of the decisions. You're the head of that business. What happens if you start writing your book before you identify your why? What's the problem with that? The Ingenium Books Podcast. Your podcast hosts are Bonnie and John Wagner-Stafford of Ingenium Books. Hey, that's us. So Tracy, thanks for joining us all the way from Ontario, Canada.
1: Hi there. Nice
0: to see you. Nice to see you too. And thanks for joining us. So Tracy, I know that you do, um, you do a fair bit of business working on the publicity and PR campaigns for authors. But before we get into that, I want you to uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started and what it is that you do exactly.
1: So uh, I'm an internationally, globally award-winning publicist, <laughs> and basically what that means, I like to say I elevate and celebrate the amazing word, and, and that, that wasn't a PR thing. That literally came to me in a podcast once when I was trying to explain. Someone said, you know, you actually seem really genuine, so I wouldn't think of you as PR, and I said, but I like to elevate and celebrate the awesome things that people are doing that I actually love and appreciate, and one of the things I really love is books. I've always been an, a book. I've always been a reader. Like I'm one of those people that has not just one book, but two in my pocket and a couple of magazines when I go somewhere. If I have only three things I can fit in a bag, one of them is going to be printed matter. <laughs> so books are among my favorite things. So authors are also among my favorite things to promote. So I got into PR. I've been doing it professionally for 11 years now. Before that, I wrote, but I wrote my first press release 20 years ago. You know, as a young activist to get media attention, ended up getting global media attention. Long story short, it taught me how to play the media game in terms of getting attention for, for media, how to do it, that that missing component that a lot of people don't know when I say, are you in media, are you telling media about this? And they're like, how would I do that? Why would they talk to me? Well, I learned how to get heard and seen. And now that's what I do for people and things where I, I love their projects and I love what they're doing. And, you know, that could be film. I do a lot of work in film. Uh, film Festival was a recent highlight two years in a row. Um, I do a lot of work with startups and entrepreneurs, people who love what they're doing and are putting it out in the world. And again, back to authors, among my favorite, I do probably 40% of my work with authors, sometimes more. Um, And that's fiction authors and it's nonfiction authors. And especially with nonfiction authors, specifically, they're they're also subject matter uh, authors subject matter experts, which means there are a ton of media opportunities for them, the same as it would be if they were, you know, entrepreneurs or business people in whatever space. So, yeah, so that's what I do is I find ways for people's amazing work to be seen on a higher, on a bigger level, not just by the people on the street or by their current clients, but, um, you know, on a national, global, local level. And why do people want to do that? It's not just, you know, it's not just advertising and it's also not just, um, you know, ego or something, wanting to see yourself in the media. It has real business implications. Number one, it differentiates you from your competitor, you know, or your book from from a competitor. It differentiates you as a knowledge expert, you know, whether that's as a business person or more pursuant to this conversation, the information that you put in your book. It differentiates you. Why should I listen to you? Well, these things that you can't buy, it's not advertising. You cannot buy your way to be the one interviewed in Time magazine. You can buy an ad in Time or an ad in Rolling Stone, but you can't buy being that expert that's being interviewed. So how do you get in there? You have to introduce yourself to the media. And these days where it's such a loud you know, thing, 10 years ago, was easier to do that. But now media gets so much incoming email from entrepreneurs and from authors and everything. And the problem is a lot of people don't understand the difference between editorial and um, advertorial. So they don't know what to send in order to
0: get a positive response. So I help them. Right. Perfect. Well, that is... Fascinating. Now, you opened the door to terminology uh, just a second ago, which is where I wanted to go next, which is we often hear PR publicity, and I find it coming out of my mouth, the the two phrases, you know, kind of meaning one and the same thing. But I'm going to ask you, in your view, are they the same thing? And if they are not the same thing, what is the difference between PR, public relations, and publicity?
1: Yeah, I think these days they're more and more used interchangeably and people definitely use them interchangeably. And I mean, there was an academic difference, you know, at one time. And I think it'd be more that, like, you know, publicity would be like, you know, an event, hey, hey, it's coming here. And then PR would be more like a longer campaign. I would think where it's more about what we call today thought leadership and that sort of thing. And I guess P also people also think about PR. Usually they think about it in terms of somebody's done something wrong and now they need some PR. And I and I guess that would be called. Uh, and you know that I've, I've 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 helped people through challenges that I legitimately saw how they got into in the past. But I don't you know whitewash anything for lack of a better word. I'm not into that kind of. To make up a story and, you know, but, uh, but it's more you know, how to do, you know, people get themselves into like crisis management is the other term for it. Right.
0: Right. So yeah. That would be Issues PR management, tr- crisis and, management, you know,
1: PR, <clears throat> crisis management, for example, would follow through, which could be anything like from some, some false information has gone out there and you have to now handle it to, you know, what it could be anything. Maybe you made a misstep and now you have to account for it. And how do you do so that? Could be anything. But generally in terms of what most authors or most people, business people are going to have to deal with for, from the, the, um, PR, I would think of it more as a thought leadership campaign, and, you know, that, and publicity more as like this burst of, which could be, you know, a burst of publicity for a book launch, a burst of publicity for whatever. And that's what I think of it as a more reversed kind of thing that ended up publicity within a bigger PR campaign, or it could be a standalone thing, like maybe there's an event coming up and you're just doing media advisories, or you're looking at, yeah. So there's different ways, and of course, in this new world, you know, where and there's a lot of things that used to be completely separate are now bleeding into each other too like it used to be that the editorial and the advertorial never touched and now you do like ever 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 and now you do see some situations where media entities that are trying to survive have created a lot more things that are you know what we looked at as gray area in the old where you can buy that an article but that's still different from the editorial and usually it'll say at the top you know paid content or Something of that nature, but there's they're selling it and they're trying and they're kind of helping you make it look like it's an article because they have they're trying to survive too in this new media environment too. so basically what I like you know to why would you have a publicist? you know well same reason you might have a lawyer, which is the media landscape is a crazy one and you're not familiar with it and there's all kinds of things and blah 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 and we've already done the base work and we already know the players and we already know what's crap and what's good and what you want to focus on and what you don't and so we can do a lot of that. That would take anybody else a career, the same time that we've done to do it. And you're better off if you. I always say if you have the money, get a publicist because then you're better off focusing on your core business, on your book, on the things I send you. You know, where well, you're the speaker, as opposed to worrying like a squirrel like me at two in the morning looking for the opportunities and pitching yourself. To, so we find. Awards opportunities, we find speaking opportunities, you know we find media opportunities primarily to be on television, radio, newspapers find things that you wouldn't find unless you knew how to access all these different resources and places and contacts. so yeah, so it can really um, open up a whole new world for an author and or an entrepreneur and also though you know, like I say obviously too, if you have more time than money. It's also worth the stuff that you could do yourself to go, again, always remembering editorial, which is you're giving them the information. You're not looking for a free ad, even though you'll get that benefit of being seen. You have to think of yourself as an information source providing real information to their actual audience. So when you think about who you reach out to, you're reaching out to media that A, may actually cover that, that is actually of interest to their audience, and also it's the kind of thing they might cover. Like you wouldn't probably send most – You know, most most book launch stories are not gonna be on the twenty two minutes daily news unless there's a real strong hook or reason that could it might be mentioned if you're lucky to get it in the topical thing, but they're not gonna be like, Oh over there's a book launch unless it's, you know, Barack Obama or like a major presidential figure or something, because they know everybody wants free advertising. They're not in the business of doing that. They'd love to send you, like I always say, to their ad department. So it truly has to be editorial to understand. Don't, you don't. Know, you, you, when you're pitching, that's what your role is. And if you can really get your head around that, then you're, you know, an author about a book on, you know, pregnancy or something. You can think about stories. Hey, you know, women these days should be worried about blah blah blah. Or should be thinking about this. So should we, says the author of whatever. Now all of a sudden you're all over two hundred newspapers with your book being mentioned. There, The story isn't right. book launched or new book released. The story is author of whatever says
0: right. Whatever the piece of advice is. Um, yeah, I, I wanted to uh, tease out the notion of you, you, you've mentioned it about the difference between advertorial and editorial and, or editorial and advertorial rather. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get into how an author might know they're ready for a publicity or PR campaign related to their book and what they need to consider and, and, know about themselves and if we can start talking about the notion of control and so for example uh, when you are purchasing an ad you have complete control over what is being said in a PR campaign and you're you you might be mentioned in editorial coverage but you do not have control over that message and that might not work for some people so can you t- start there and then talk a little bit more about what does an author need to think about yeah. and know about themselves before they get into this
1: that's a great question in terms of how you said know about themselves because mostly what people will ask is when should i promote the book when should not promote? The, when should i do this and my answer is it really could be any time it could be before you publish a book it could be right before i mean obviously if you're looking at a marketing campaign of the book it's ideal to get it just before you publish and then we can put you know, promote it or even three months before because then we can look for reviews with some of those ones that want like a long lead-in time and they want to read the galleys and all that. That's a difference. So, but in terms of, you know, you getting media, what does media want? Again, they're not there to talk about the launch of your book. They care about you as a subject matter expert, right? So, and also, they're probably not going to read your book. You'd be lucky if they do. You know, the reporter that we pitch on Tuesday and they're going to have you on on Friday. They're going to read the back of it. They might read it if you send to them a couple pages. They're going to read enough to ask you good questions because they're professional. But they're not going to. They don't have time to sit there and read every single book of everybody they interview. Just doesn't happen, right? So, (laughs) so um, so you. Long story short, you don't necessarily need to have that book there. Physically, you need to just they need to be confident that you are that subject matter expert, which is here's this book that's coming out, you know, so it could be before. It could be well, it could even be it could be for t- so PR. Can be, it could be ten years after because, again, maybe we're going to generate new interest in that book and also in you. And now you're still a subject matter expert. And now we're going to get all this new media, blah, blah, blah. So in terms of the timeline, in terms of book publishing, it doesn't matter in terms of what you're ready for, there's what you're, you know, a better question. And now some people are nervous about the media. Oh, my God, no, I don't want to be on TV, radio. Well, it doesn't have to be TV or radio. 80% of the stuff, and, it, and it, I have some pleasure, didn't want to be on that, okay? So then we get them the written interviews, where then we get them the written interviews, you know, where they're doing the um, uh, the first thing they get, like they get it. literally the questions from the reporters, they respond to the questions from the reporters, and, you know, boom, that's it. And sorry, guys, I have a dog, in, my daughter's dog in the background. Woo, woo, woo. That's Okay dog sitting kids, you got to mix those responsibilities. <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry, they may. So, in a lot of cases, what we get is, you know, easily easy for them to, to, to respond to. We'll get, hey, I, I see this media opportunity. The reporter wants to ask you about blah, blah, blah. Here's five questions. You answer the five questions on your own time by email with your publicist help, whatever it is. You send it to the reporter and guys talk later i'm on a podcast um you you send it to a reporter and then you publish so a lot of times it doesn't have to be that level of ready to be on television you don't have to be ready for prime time you just have to know your stuff know your subject matter and also you're not going to be in a lot of gotcha interviews we could you know you probably depending on i mean i guess it depends on if you have an extremely controversial subject or if you have if you're introducing something new where people haven't heard of it before, they may have somebody else on the other side saying, well, I'm not so sure about that. And you have to be ready for those kind of things. So you should really know what could be thrown at you is the only real thing. You should know what are what are uncomfortable things that the media might ask me about that I wouldn't want to. And if so, how would I respond to that? If you if you're comfortable with that, you're pretty much ready to go. And again, like I said, if you're working with someone like me you know, we find the opportunities you're comfortable with. The guy, for example, had one client. For whatever reason, it's not even about our discomfort. Just, he didn't want to do television, radio. He didn't. All he wanted to do was podcast in his niche because that's where he got direct business and he wanted speaking engagements. So we got him 14 speaking engagements around the world within, you know, three, nine weeks or whatever it was. And then we got him to try to podcast. And that's what he was doing. Other people have different goals. We went the whole thing. So maybe sometime we're building up to that. Other times, boom, the first you get a hit on your local TV station in your first go around. So it's a matter of understanding, you know, what media wants, which, again, is you as a source and an expert. And sometimes, you know, you might have and another thing people get stuck on is, oh, well, I don't have any news, There's no news. OK, that's where it's topical and you're a subject matter expert. And because you got to be careful about what you actually send to the media as news, but in another way, you also want them to know if you have something like you want an award, if they don't know you and you don't have a lot of impact in the community, they may not print that in the paper, but now the newsroom knows about it. So that's the first thing they know about you. So the next time they see your name, Oh yeah, yeah. They went an award. So sometimes it's about, you know, getting known to the media, even if you don't think that they're necessarily going to pass that on. And, you know, but sometimes they do, and you never know when they're going to need a filler and just want a little positive story and, so you know if you're not letting media know you can bet your competitor is or your other author is in the other field or whatever you know and somebody else is getting those speaking opportunities or is getting those book sales opportunities or whatever it is that you're looking for because they're getting seen and i always say again specifically with authors i always say this analogy when i'm speaking to authors but it's true we've spoken about this before i always say you put so much effort and time and money and everything into like getting that book published, right? Whether it's money, money, or whether it's time, money, or whatever it is, you put so much effort into it. So now it's like, okay, now I'm just going to put it on Amazon and here they're all going to come to me. And then a lot of authors go, get a deep, deep emotional dive when they find people aren't running to find the book. But it's not because your book isn't good or because there's no interest. It's because it's just lost in the Amazon and people aren't seeing it. So, the, you know, you already hear about if you get it reviewed, that's a better way Then it gets higher up there in the thing. But also, you know, once it's in media, when it gets awards or when it's in media, people see it. And, you know, there's like whatever percentage more click through, which I'm sure leads to more buys when it says in your thing that you have as as seen in this news media and that news media as, you know, here and there. This is the thing that, again, differentiates your book and or you as a subject matter expert and author from the next person and makes people want to buy your book. So I always say not doing that is like literally birthing your baby, having your baby and then putting it on the shelf and not realizing you have to feed the baby to make it live. So you've got to feed that baby. You have to.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you and I did a session, uh, several weeks ago with, uh, a. a A group of our published authors at Ingenium Books, and we—I wanted to bring in some of these, uh, some of what we talked about with that group of authors uh, then, which was, um, which was all around how you manage your messages when you aren't in control of the question. So that may be another area that authors or really anybody who isn't uh, familiar with seeking publicity or or being um, interviewed by news media or editorial media they're not all necessarily news hard news media but um, I have a message that I want to get out and I want I want to spend my five minutes making sure that I get my message out but they're asking me a question from left field what do I do with that How, how do you coach your clients through what to do with that
1: this is the number one thing is always assume they're going to do that, whether it's left field or whether it's relevant or whatever. Just assume that they they have their own agenda, which is not what's in your head. Nothing's a bad agenda. But I mean, they may be on there like, hey, we got this author, we're going to ask her about this, that's not, which is great. You're happy to answer. But then all of a sudden, boom, 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 the time is done, whether it's 30 seconds, four minutes, and you haven't had a chance to say what you're going to say. So Number one, always try, you know, you probably heard of an elevator pitch, you know, but always try to have and don't make it all super canned and whatever, like, you know, but look for the very first opportunity where you can without being like crazy obvious about not, you know, where you can answer where you can get your in your thing in first. So like as you are it could be just the way you're answering, it could be while you're answering, but you're saying, but you know what, like, like, you know, like in my book, you know, where the main character, blah, blah, blah blah, blah, like you bring focus on your book, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so similar to that, I would say, so in some way, find a way to either answer it or, you know, I mean, you're not, like I said, you have, you stay, the best way to say it is find the first opportunity because it's gonna, every interaction will be different, right? But if they come up there and, it'll, you know, like, hey, I'm just really happy you have to tell us about yourself. Don't miss that chance. If they say, tell us about yourself, that might be your moment. Probably at the end, you're going to have another chance, but they might be meaning to give you another chance at the end too. And then time is running and all of a sudden they're like, cut, cut, cut. And you, you're gone, right? So when they say that, tell us about yourself. If you get that intro, you know, tell, say the most important thing. I'm the author of whatever. I'm, the inter- I'm a global award-winning publicist. I tell you, you, know. <laughs> you know, whatever it is. Say your one little thing that you that's most important, and then you're good with answering whatever. And then in terms of what you don't want to answer, in most cases – in in most cases, like if you're, you will know if that's going to be an issue, because if you're just an average author, it's never going to be a problem. Nobody's going to be like, oh wow, well, I don't know about that had a yoga book though. But you know, told you I, like, they're not going to quiz <laughs> you like that about most feel good stuff. But some things that are like, you know, we had like a mental health thing or something. You may have another person on the other side who's like, hey, well, no, I think it's a different, I have a different solution for that. And that could be not like arguing, but it may be something where someone says, well, Bonnie, what do you say to Tracy who suggests that maybe there's a different way, you know, instead of that, you know, and then you ha- if you're like, oh, 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 I don't know, well, you shouldn't have to do that because you should already know. And if you, you're subject stuff well enough, because again, it's not going to be, they're not going to be deeply researching, looking for, it's not going to be something that you've never heard of. It's probably going to be something that you already know is something people have said to you or whatever. So just be aware of that and think of what you would say in that instance. And most of the time, your answer is going to be fine. Most of the time, it's not going to be a, a second, third digging at you about it. You're not on 60 minutes on the hot seat. You know what I mean? So most right. of the time you just need an answer.
0: And sometimes it's a matter, too, of, uh, you know, there are techniques, you know, bridging techniques and all of those um, yeah f- fancy so things, glad which are... That,
1: I'm yeah, so you mentioned exactly. that, Bonnie. Yeah, exactly. There's... It's something regardless... I really want to talk to you about, Bonnie. I'm really glad that you brought up this, you know, thing, because I think a lot of people have this issue, Bonnie, of not knowing the difference. Meanwhile, by then, I've
0: thought of an answer, you know. Like, right, exactly. Like, oh, I, that uh-huh. makes me think about, you, you know, whatever yeah. you can... And and in many ways, it's just a conversation. It in not even in many ways, it is a conversation. Of course, the person asking the questions has a different goal in mind. The same way you have a different goal in mind, but it is a conversation. And so, all those techniques that work in a regular conversation can work during an interview.
1: Exactly, good way to put it. You don't want to freeze up and be under. Like I always say, be you know, be genuine. Obviously, you have a mission while you're there. You have it, you know, but you're still you. You have, and don't be don't get lost in what should I be doing or how should I act or how, sh- what color should my hair be? Should I, you know, maybe put a wig on or are they going to take me seriously or don't worry about all those things. Worry about your message. You, you, the reason you put pen to paper or to keyboard, right? The reason that you started writing is because you have confidence in what you have in those pages. You have confidence, which is in your, which is your knowledge, which is what you wrote. So with that same confidence that took you and led you to write a book, you know, or to start a business, if you happen to be listening to this, and you're not an author or whatever it is that you want to promote, with that same confidence, or whatever it is that you're building or a message that you want to put out. You know, someone's got to, someone has to be the conduit for it. Whether you're a person that's like, oh, I don't, I don't like to brag about myself and like people looking at me. Well, you put this in, a, you wrote this because you wanted people to hear it. So now it can't talk in the media, it can't go on an interview. Guess what? You're elected so if that's yeah. your message get out there and do it you know so for people who are afraid of it it's, it's not about they don't want to focus on them okay well it's not about you though it's about your message you are just the conduit to that you're the expert in that so if you're not comfortable talking about yourself it's not about you though is it just like your book isn't about you this is how you get your message heard in the modern world
0: yeah so what about ROI return on investment many people are Uh, understandably concerned, you know, how am I going to turn this and how am I going to be able to report to my CFO or whoever it is on how this money and time and effort that I'm spending now on publicity and PR is going to turn into whatever book sales, paid speaking Mm -hmm. gigs or whatever it is. So sometimes it's not a direct line to ROI. And what we always say at Ingenium Books um, to our authors is that, the publishing game isn't a direct line to an ROI, and there are other ways to measure it. But but h- how do you have those conversations with your yeah. clients about ROI? So
1: first, um, oh, there's two parts of it I wanted to say. So the part I was starting to answer this, and this is not a bridging thing. There's two parts of yeah. it was Because um, I wanted to mention, okay, first I wanted to talk about what the real ROI is in terms of like not the potentially not like, like you said, directly measurable. But I like I always quote this one thing and this one blew my me away because I get a lot of accolades. But one client said to me after six weeks of working together, and she was an entrepreneur, a solopreneur client, who had just gone through her seed funding, the first you no know, pre-funding or whatever, and was going for her seed funding. And she said, You've changed my business and my life after six weeks. And when I was like How, how, right? That's a good accolade. She said, because you've made investors take us more seriously. In that case, it was investors, but it could have been media. It could have been potential clients, could have been potential buyers or whatever, right? But in her case, it changed everything because now when she was in a room, like if you think about it as an investor, even if we're not investors right now, I have three companies or two companies I'm going to potentially invest in. They both have beautiful decks. They both have great socials. Everything sounds fantastic in both, but I go and Google one of them and I only find what they say about themselves on their socials and their website. I go and Google the other. They're quoted in New York Times. They've got an award. They're being mentioned as the game Changer there. So which one am I going And I haven't even given the money yet. Who am I going to be more confident to give my money in? Who's obviously a player? Answer is clear. And she didn't have that. She was the same person. But until she had someone looking for these opportunities, we knew the landscape, she says, ah, "Ah, I know where we do this. You should be nominated for this award and that. And, you know, all these things that I found, all these things, not just that I knew, but that I found pursuant to her industry and then pushing media, getting her this attention and that attention, which were the same as if she was an, if she was an author." So she, because she was going for funding, she saw the direct correlation because she had been going for funding and then we worked together for six weeks and then she went for more funding and the difference in those rooms was a 1,000%. And we always say it impresses everybody from your aunt. Now, oh, honey, you're doing really well these days. You know, to your potential clients, to your potential readers, to everybody who's sharing. You get an article, you're not the only one sharing it. All your friends are sharing it. If you're in business, all your Clients are showing, hey, this is my hairstylist. This is my whatever. This is my, you know. So you're getting that positive. You put that article up in your in your storefront or whatever. It, it does what an ad would do. So, but unlike an ad, this is where we get to the other part of your question. There's not a direct, and we're not in the business of sales or marketing. People are like, well, will I sell more books? Probably. It'd be weird if you didn't. But at some point, but I don't know because I'm not. And they go, what do you mean you don't know? I'm not in the business of sales and marketing. I don't even ask for your numbers. I don't know. It's like, because it's not like I'm buying an ad, we're buying an ad, then we're looking to see who bought from that ad. We're not looking, it's not like that easy, it's not that kind of correlation. It's more the the general. Now we've elevated your thought. Rate, so now you don't even know when it's in your bio, but now you've got that speaking engagement because of those three articles. And I know for sure because I've done it for myself. Even in COVID, I started spending more time on my own, even though I had still had clients but at the very beginning of COVID. I'd lost like 70% of it because it was all out, didn't work that, you know, was shut down because of COVID. And so then I was like, okay, well, if I can't travel, my voice can still travel. I started doing podcasts, not just for my clients, but I started doing podcast interviews, talking about, like, this kind of thing, my expertise, and not just podcast interviews, but, you know, television panels, and got, got nominated for a couple of awards, which I heard about, that I nominated my clients for. Anyway, I can tell you, now that my bio says, as seen in Rolling Stone, and in NBC TV, and the winner of the whatever, and the nominee of that, and the winner of that, not only, because here's where it gets real, too, not only are we you talking, like, esoteric, it doesn't matter if you're an author talking about your book. This is also about you as a person. And this is your thought leadership. And now when you go to your next job interview or when you go to whatever the heck it is you're doing in life, I tell you, the difference with people who've seen my bio and know that bio, the way they treat me compared to just walking into a room when nobody knows me or whatever like that, 100%. Now, the difference between it's my bio and, and the confidence that the bio brings, because of the two things that go together because you start to see, you know, now... The difference, I don't apply for jobs. I mean, I haven't had a resume in 20 years, but even if I, if we have a client calls somebody wants to talk to them, potentially hire me, I'm feeling like I'm interviewing them as much as they're interviewing me. I don't need any client. They, they you know, and I'm not like, they need me more than, it's not like that. It's a matter of, I need to find people that, I, that I'm good for and that, co you know, that we work well together, that I, I, I love their mission, I love what they're doing, and I feel like in here, ooh, I know, because like, I always say, how do you pick a publicist? If they're not excited about what you're doing, that's probably not your publicist, even if they're a good publicist. If I'm like, yeah. you, you tell me about your approaches, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. <laughs> then no. Right. It ha- it should be like, oh my God. And the people are always like, oh, you're so enthusiastic. Yeah. Because I'm legitimately getting excited about the possibilities and I see the potential and all that. So there's real, you know, while it's not as directly correlated it can't help but elevate you, your reputation, your book, you know, so it's all part of that. Part of it is about book sales, part of it is about, you know, having you just be more impressive when you want to, now when you want to go say, you want to go and speak at the next, you know, the Frankfurt book festival or something, well, they're going to look at you a lot different. Hey, I just wrote a book and it's a really good book or like, Hey, the award-winning author who's appeared on blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, well, it can be a game changer. And as you said, right at the very beginning, elevate and celebrate. That's what it is all about. And we are up to our time. We have a self-imposed time limit of 30 minutes. I, you know, we could go longer if we wanted to, but I like to try to give our listeners what they are expecting and what they're used to. So Tracy, I want to thank you so much for joining us, giving us the insights and your, your energy and your optimism is absolutely infectious and uh, really appreciate having you join us today.
1: Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Bonnie. And I love, I love the work that you're doing too. And I look forward to more great stuff from Ingenium.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Ingenium Books podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, but also consider subscribing to our YouTube channel, where you can see these episodes in addition to hearing them.